Tamworth Country Music 50-50 50 special episodes over 50 weeks leading up to the 50th Tamworth Country Music Festival and Golden Guitar Awards in January 2022 Looking back at how it all began what makes Tamworth Country Music tick and looking forward to the next 50 years. Hello again. In our last episode we looked a little more at the famous Golden Guitar Trophy and the early days of the Golden Guitar Awards. But what about the festival itself? How did it look and how did it feel in those early days? Once again, here's country music historian Max Ellis. Well, it was very um, it was very small to start with. There's no question about that. But gradually, as the word got out among the fans, people started coming from all over the place. And uh, again, the influence of people like Slim and Joy became very strong in those days. And the fact that you could actually go and see them performing and so on became quite a draw card. But, of course, there were lots of other artists who played equally or almost equally part. I think that's one of the things that attracted people to the awards, the fact that you could actually see in person these famous artists. Now, up until that time, country music had been, as I mentioned earlier, very fragmented. People did their own thing by and large. They booked their own shows, uh, they booked their own tours and so on. Slim and Joy had worked for many years beforehand in on the actual show circuit, but by that stage they were travelling under their own steam. And there was no real coordination or coherent industry as such. And as I said before, for many people, many well-known country music artists, the awards became like a convention uh, where they were able to meet and talk about country music and talk about their industry and their lives with people who, who had the same interests and who shared the same experiences. In that sense, it became very important in that it brought all these people together. We joke these days a bit about the family of country music But in those days, that was when it was beginning to be formed, almost like a family. There was a pride and a a feeling that um, we were a close-knit group of people who shared common interests. And for many years, we had suffered, I think, as being labelled second class. And of course... Top Australian country music artists are not second class, they are world class. And for the first time, these people felt they were being recognised as talented, worthwhile entertainers. Mm -hmm. And so it became very, very important to the artists themselves that the awards continue and the awards continue to present them, them as artists in a credible, worthwhile light. Mm. So it became a very important part of their lives. And it still is. It's right through to this day, almost 50 years later, 
Very few artists, major artists, will voluntarily miss the awards. They don't want to, they don't like missing them. Uh, COVID's been a, a bit of a different situation. But apart from that, most of them will make all sorts of an effort to be in Tamworth for the awards. Of course, as the awards grew and became more credible, we very deliberately, we being a small group at 2TM, started building a festival around those awards. We started off with uh, another, well, we already had the CCMA Talent Quest on the Saturday. We were the awards on the Sunday. We started a, a show for people who were there on Monday morning before they left because Monday was always a holiday in those days. And we started gradually filling up the week before with all sorts of activities. Now, they weren't all successful. We, we had one that was supposed to be an old-time dance on the Friday night in the town hall, which was a disaster. But we had other ones like the Cavalcade uh, and many other shows like the Buttercup Open House which was very successful and ran for decades. It was an incredible show. We started giving other artists an opportunity. Aboriginal people put on a big, a big annual show in Tamworth under the leadership of the Williams, Harry and Wilger Williams. They, they were enthralled by the amount of attention and credibility that they, as artists, were receiving, so that was very worthwhile too. One of the major parts of the festival these days, Max, is the equine activity and particularly the rodeo. Has that always been a part of the festival or how did that come about? At that time, Radio 2TM had purchased a radio station in Warwick near Toowoomba in southern Queensland and Warwick, of course, was very famous for its rodeo. Uh, the Warwick Radio was a subject of many songs and many stories. We decided that we would uh, get involved with the radio scene. And so through our contacts in Warwick, we started talking to people like Jim Stewart, who was the, the chief executive of the ARRA, the Australian Rough Riders Association, and other people in the business. And in, I think, 1981 we staged our first rodeo uh, in Tamworth in conjunction with the awards. People ask why on earth, how on earth do you associate the two things? Well, they have a very close and very um, compatible relationship. Horses are part of country life as much as music is. From that day on, a big rodeo has always been a feature of the Tamworth Festival. And uh, as Tamworth's horse industry has burgeoned into a huge, exciting area, so has country music maintained that connection with them. And I think that's been a, a great benefit for Tamworth, but it has also for country music and, I might say, for the horse industry. So it's something that's grown out of uh, Tamworth's country music. Max, how heavily was the industry involved in those early days of the festival? Well, in those days, there was 
no real formal body that represented country music in Australia. So we, and again mainly the group at 2DM, with a few extra people involved from the music industry, formed a, uh, an organisation called Country Music Australia. We invented an idea of promoting Tamworth country music in January. We had a jingle made, January is country music time, and we promoted that very widely all around Australia. And it became another another string, if you like, to our bow. Because TTM itself was running the awards, there was no need for Country Music Australia to get involved in the awards at that stage. But of course, some 20 years later, when TTM somewhat reluctantly withdrew from running the awards, a new country music body was formed called the CMAA, Country Music Association of Australia. It took over the role of running the awards and it still has a very strong part in playing in that uh, role today. But that wasn't the only industry involvement in those early days of the festival, Max. There was another association. Yes, in 1977, John Minson and I visited Nashville and one of the things we brought back with us was the idea of running a country music songwriters association the Tamworth TSA, the famous TSA. And John and I had gone to America as two people from a small radio station in in Australia, pretty insignificant in an overall sense. And those American industry people had done us proud. They had looked after us and made sure we got and saw whatever we wanted to. They were really fantastic. We met just about everyone from uh, Roy Acuff up or down, and it was quite extraordinary the access we had in those days to the industry in America. And I've got to say, they've always have been extremely generous, and I think that's reflected in the way that people like Keith Urban have succeeded so brilliantly in America. One of the, one of the things we did go to was a, a Nashville Songwriters Association event, At that event, all the songwriters performed their own songs, which was a great idea. We had all sorts of well-known songs being sung by pretty well-known songwriters in those days. That's why we came, when we came back to Australia, one of the first things we did, and one of the few things that I think we did imitate America or based our activities on American uh, precedents, we, we felt we were well up with America. In fact, in some respects, we were ahead of them. But the songwriters, that was something we uh, decided we would focus on. Now, that also was reflected in the fact that from that time on, we focused much of our activity on songwriting. We, we decided that our industry should be very strong in songwriting. And so, right from that date on, we gave not only awards for songwriters, because we'd already been doing that, but we focused very much on on original material. And that's why the singer-songwriter is still dominant in Australian country music. Thank you again, Max. 
Now let's have a quick look at some of the things being planned for the Golden Jubilee year of the Tamworth Country Music Festival and Golden Guitar Awards. Leanne Kirchner from the Country Music Bulletin has been following some of the early discussions of the special 50th Festival Committee. What can you tell us, Leanne? As an early part of promotion for the 50th year, Tamworth Regional Council is organising a giant blow-up Golden Guitar which will be visiting a number of events in the months leading up to January. Planning is underway for a dedicated promotion to run in conjunction, so keep an eye out for that one in a location near to you. The existing country music trail in Tamworth is being upgraded to provide a better visitor experience. That should be in place in time for the 50th. Tamworth Regional Art Gallery is busy organising a number of arts-related activities, including several special exhibitions. We'll have more on that as the details come to hand. At least one photographic exhibition will be a major part of January 2022, possibly more. And a Golden News pictorial publication will be published as a part of the 50th celebrations. That's all for this episode of Tamworth Country Music 5050. As we highlighted the importance of the song in this episode, let's go out with a tribute to Joy McKean, arguably Australia's most prolific, most successful and best-known country songwriter. The song, She Gave Us the Song, written by Keith Dixon and Garth Porter, recorded by Tom Curtin with Lee Koenigan and Sarah Stora. The bloke with the front of his old hat turned down Has left but his music lives on And the staunchest of all the true mates that he knew Was a writer of so many songs We've had many years of the music we love Joy's been the bell of the ball And so we pay homage to her in this song A toast to the queen of them all And the lights on the hill will shine forever And the Nullarbor train thunders on Been walking a country mile together from the heart, she gave us a song There's a dent in my heart like the dent in my head I've had time to dwell on the past As I listen to songs from the pen of the Queen I know they forever will last and the lights on the hill will shine forever And the Nullarbor train thunders on Been walking a country mile together From the heart she gave us a song Disappointment will be When Joy puts her guitar away 
But Kelly's offsider will ride on and on And the front row forever will stay And the lights on the hill will shine forever And the Nullarbor train thunders on Been walking a country mile together And the lights on the hill will shine forever And the Nullarbor train thunders on Been walking a country mile together From the heart she gave us the song Straight from the heart she gave us the song Tamworth Country Music 5050 is produced by the Country Music Bulletin. More information about Country Music in Australia and contact detail can be found by visiting countrymusicbulletin.com.au.